In the book of Romans, we have a treatment with uh, the Apostle Paul showing that everyone is in sin, both the Jew and the Gentile. And that all before God have sinned and they have fallen short of the glory that God intended man to have. And that we have all been made one and come back to God through Jesus Christ and his death and his blood and the cross. The fifth chapter makes that so clear and plain that we're justified by faith wherein we stand. And then the blood is brought out in the fifth chapter. And uh, also his uh, death and his suffering. And uh, he emphasized that as in Adam all sinned uh, and all fell from God, that in Christ all can be made alive. And he climaxes that in the book by showing that we're united with him in his death, in his burial, and in his resurrection in chapter 6. And then in chapter 7, he shows that there is a, there is a, a nature of man that is fleshly. And then in chapter 8, that there is the spiritual man. And that we have been made alive by the Spirit and that there is no condemnation to the person who is in Christ Jesus, who walks not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. And when we get through with that chapter, he goes on to 9 and shows that because God has looked down and helped Israel and, and worked out his plan through a few people, that that didn't matter. He could, uh, he could take the, a wild olive branch and he could put it in with a, a, a regular tree and it would bear fruit. And he had done that with the Gentiles. And that the Jews and Gentiles both had access to the Spirit and to the life of God because of what Christ had done. And all Israel, he said in the 11th chapter, will be saved uh, just like uh, Gentiles are saved. It is through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in the chapter 12 is a practical and is a the book uh, to come to spirituality. And he begins to plead and beg with them to worship God and spirit and truth and to really what we would call offer up sacrifices that's pleasing to God. And I'd like to emphasize that this evening that we need to concentrate upon what sacrifices that Jesus expects today and what is it that invigorates us and builds us up and causes us to be well-pleasing to him. If you look at that 12th chapter, he begins with a pleading and a begging. The word there, when he says, I beg, I plead, I beseech you, uh, after he has said what he has said, 
that the gospel is the power of God and salvation to everyone that believes. The Jew first also to the Greek, for therein is revealed the righteousness of God from faith unto faith. For as it, written, as it is written in Habakkuk 2 and 2, the just shall live by faith, continue to live by faith. And, and that is what he's emphasizing here, is this faith that brings us to worship God and the right kind of sacrifices. I think we've all had a difficulty maybe understanding what our behavior ought to be to please God. And we need to be brought uh, closer to him and we need to focus. And perhaps this chapter will help us to do that and this lesson will help us. Look at that. He begged them and pleaded with them uh, by the mercies of God. And uh, this is just by all he's offered and all that he does offer and all that he has to give. He has it. It's for us if we were just do it. And that you present is, is, a, is a thing that happens all of the time in the life of a Christian. That you keep on presenting. Now, we don't uh, look at it that way, that you present. We, we think of that verb as just a, a, probably a verb that we don't concentrate on. But this is in the active sense that you keep on presenting. You keep on presenting your bodies. And then going with that is a living sacrifice. So just think about that... <clears throat> Today, when we're presenting unto God that which is well-pleasing unto him, it has to be our bodies. And our bodies, he's telling us how that we ought to do our bodies. It's, it's a sacrifice. And when you think about a sacrifice being offered up to God, could we give him anything less than the best? Could we give him anything less than the best? Would, would we want to? Wouldn't we be embarrassed to give him anything less than the best that we have to offer? He's asking them to keep on presenting their bodies, a living sacrifice. And then he uses some adjectives. Holy. Acceptable. Unto God. And... Uh, the word which in your, in your King James Version is in italics, which shows it isn't, it isn't in the original language. So then the is, your sacrifice, wholly acceptable, is. And it's all right to use which is understood in our language. But all of this, the sacrifice, is, has to be holy, it's acceptable unto God. This is our reasonable service, and the word reasonable is from the word psuche, which means spirit. And you'd say, well, why did they get that translated reasonable when it was a spirit, word spirit? The reason is because that your spirit is that that reasons. And that's the reason they translated the King James Version as reasonable. But in the American Standard, in order to get and to get what they believe the Holy Spirit has in mind, they put the spiritual service. Well, how do you get the spiritual? Well, it's from the word spirit, psuche. 
and and yet it's translated reasonable because that is the part of man that thinks and worships. And you know, Jesus told the lady at the well, said, God seeks the true worshiper is the one who will worship in spirit and according to truth. So that's a sort of a commentary on the word spirit here. And then thinking about the Old Testament, prophesying by Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34, he said, I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the one I made with them before, but it'll be the one where I put my laws in their inward parts and their minds will I write it. And I'll forgive their sins and their iniquities and, and, and I'll never remember them anymore. So they're forgiven. And if they're forgiven, they're holy. They're holy not for what they do, but what God does through the blood of Christ. So when we're worshipers and we worship in spirit and truth, we worship him because we know he's paid the price and tasted death for every man, as the book has already said, as in one man death entered, or one man spirit and life enters. And this is the spiritual service. We are alive. And we're alive to him. And when we're alive to him, we give our bodies. And we're giving our bodies in such a way as to be well-pleasing. And then he goes on and, and comments on this in the second verse when he says, Now when you're giving yourself in spirit and, and in thinking, you've got to do it like God wants it if you're going to be holy and if you're going to be acceptable. Well, how is that? Well, in the second verse he says, be not conformed, or as some versions say, be not put your molded in the worldly mold, the outward world, the temporal thing. Uh, the, don't be conformed to the world, or be put in the world mold, but on the opposite, you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's the suke, that's the reasonable, that's the spiritual service. So when we're offering ourselves as a living sacrifice to God, we're doing it because we're thinking and we're praising him, we're honoring him, we're worshiping him. Now you may not be mindful that when you live holy and when you live right and when you have the right attitude and kindness and love and consideration that you're worshiping God that you're giving a sacrifice but you are that's what being in the service of God and being a Christian is is, is giving him the kind of sacrifice that he is due and if we could just understand that, then we would know when our worship is acceptable and it isn't acceptable. We get so tied up, and a lot of time the forms that we go through and the procedures that we go through, that we may not understand that the living sacrifice that God wants is when we're thinking and conducting ourselves according to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Walking not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And that's what worship is. 
And look at that second verse again. By the renewing of your mind, it takes a repetition. It takes a continuous thing. That ye may, the word prove there, it, it could, we could say that you may demonstrate, that you may exercise, that you may show, that you may offer, that you may present. See, that when he said, present your bodies a living sacrifice, whatever, that's what you're doing. How are you doing it? By the renewing of your mind. So that means that you've got to understand what God wants. You've got to be a student of God's Word. You've got to know how to act. You've got to know how Christ acted and the apostles acted and, and what's taught. And we need to think when we're acting. And, and this is built around, look at the next phrase. You're renewing, you're, the, the renewing of your mind over and over, the re repetition over and over of your mind on what God would have you to do. You demonstrate what is good and acceptable and is perfect. Now that word perfect means finished, mature. It would include uh, sinlessness, but it not necessarily means sinlessness. It's that which is mature and that which God has directed us in. And it's that which is acceptable. And when it's acceptable, it is going to be above sin. And if it's good, it's going to be according to righteousness. And then it's connected with the will of God. And those, uh, uh, those adjectives, good, acceptable, and perfect, goes with the will of God. And so what is good and what is acceptable and what is mature from God's Word is what is included in our sacrifices as living. And that's your conduct. That's your conduct in your daily activity, in your relationship with your with your spouse, with your children, with your neighbor, with your friends, with your enemies, with anybody. And if you're worshiping God and you're giving spiritual sacrifices unto him, you're going to have an influence on other people. And we need to understand this. For he goes ahead to say, For I say that through the grace given unto me, unto every man that is among you. Now he's working on the attitude. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to God, as God hath dealt to every man a measure of faith. He's saying, Accept yourself. Accept yourself, you're a creation of God. Whatever you have to offer, you offer it to God because you're good. God made you, and he made you to worship him. And he don't want you to use some kind of other, some other standard except that you're just a creation of God. You need to accept yourself and your gifts that God has made you and find a place. I said in the first, fourth verse there, we're members one of another. And we're in one body. 
We're all in one body. And we're all members. But we don't have the same gifts and we don't have the same thing to do. We, we're many. But we're one body. We need to work together. And that fifth verse places us all in the same place in Christ. Our position in Christ is that which distinguishes us from the world. And also, we're not only in Christ, but we're joined to each other. And we need to appreciate one another. And we need to appreciate one another when, when another person can do something we can't do. We need to just thank God for that brother. And we need to encourage that brother. And he goes ahead and names. He says, having gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, and nobody can brag, nobody can boast. We just accept one another for where they are. We just thank God. We try to see the, the greatness in each other. Brother, you can speak for God. Prophecy means speaking for God. Now, in that day and time, they had special gifts. And they were given by the laying on of the apostles' hands, not by anybody else, according to Acts 8. But yet they had gifts. Now today, if we can speak for God, and we don't have any apostles that have laid their hands on his body, but we just have certain people that can speak. Pearl means far. Thame means speak in the, in Hebrew, in, in the Greek language. So it's just speaking for God, and some people can just speak for God. And they understand, they, they, they can just speak up. Well, he said, if you can do that, you just, you just, you just do it according to the, how much faith you have in yourself and God blessing you and in your ability to speak. And, and you know what that is? That's a sacrifice. That's a sacrifice to God, and that's, that's the way we ought to present ourselves. Now, there may be someone else that can minister, and this word minister is nothing but just a slave. It's the word diakonos, but it's, it's translated slave and a bondservant in many places. But it's just, it's just, you know, you've seen people that just like to wait on you, just like to help you, just like to serve you, just like to do things for you. Well, that's what he's talking about. There's a lot of people that just do that, and, and, and to, if their gift is that, you know, there's just a lot of people that, you know, there's people come in from other nations, and they can, you can just turn around and just give them a little help, and first thing you know, they'll be a nurse's aide, or they'll be a nurse. Or they can come in, and they'll cook, and they'll make a cook just like that, and they, they just have a desire to cook it and to serve people. And they get on the priority list to get in to be citizens and get their green card because there's always a need for people to serve. And we've overlooked that in the church. That, that's a special gift that a lot of people have. And if we can just serve and help people and just do things, that's worship to God. That's a sacrifice that's well-pleasing unto him. And Jesus said, if you want to know who is great in the kingdom of heaven, I said it's a person who's serving. It's a person who's serving. And he said, now in the Gentile world, it's a person who rules. 
but not, not, not so among the Christians. It's going to, the one that's going to be greatest among you is going to be the one who wants to serve and to help each other. And just do things for people. So there were people, and that, there, uh, there were gifts that were given by the laying on the apostles' hand that had that. But there were people who just naturally had that. I'll tell you one who had, who, who had that gift, and that was old Barnabas. And he not only had that, but he had the gift of exhortation, encouragement. But who would, who would come to his rescue when, when he had been killing Christians and then he found out he accepted the Lord? And he went to bat for him and said, I'll take care of him. Uh, no, sir, uh, we don't we'll let the Jews kill him now. And he went over to Arabia for three years. When he came back and, and he got to needing somebody, he said, I just wonder where Paul is. And he, he looked and, and found out where he was, and he went all the way over to Tarsus to get him to come back. Now, he took it on himself to get, get over there and get there. And when Paul was in the forefront, when, he, when they started, he was in the, he was in the first one. It was Barnabas and Paul. It wasn't long until it was Paul and Barnabas. He just gave way, and he just encouraged him. Well, I think it was his. He was the apostle to the Gentiles, and he knew it. And he knew he had received a message from heaven, and, and he was just there to serve. And then when they went on their first journey, they came back to go on their second. Well, uh, Paul said, let's take old, I mean, Barnabas said, let's take John Mark. He, you know, he got scared up there at Perga, and he didn't go with us. He said, not so. Well, he said, he's my cousin. I'll take him, and I'll go back. And they just had a real argument. The scripture shows that it was, it, it got real bad. And and he said, well, I'll tell you, I'll take him and go this way, and you take. I see he's serving. He's serving. He, 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 he's mobilizing his efforts and also Paul's. And Paul wouldn't have done it. Even though he's an apostle, he'd, he'd have missed it. Later he said, send old John Mark. He's possible to meet the ministry. And he wrote the book of Mark. He was a servant. We need that. That's worship to God. That's a sacrifice. It's well-pleasing. Oh, how we need it. And uh, this word translated, he that prophesies, let him, uh, he has the gift of prophecy, let him prophesy, according to his faith. Then ministry, let him wait. You can see those three words, err uh, uh, is, is in italics. So, uh, let's just read it like this. Our ministry, what's he to do? He's to, he's to be on with his ministering. Now we put those others there to make it, sort of make it sense in the English. But if he's going to minister, it's understood, uh, he's going to, if he's going to prophesy, he's going to do it according to his faith. But if he's going to minister, he's going to be on with his ministering. And that word's a furthal, ministering. He's going to just be in it, and that's worship, and that's a sacrifice that's well-pleasing. And that's according to the teaching of Christ. See? Or he that teacheth. He's got to give himself to his teaching. What is it? It's a sacrifice well-pleasing to God. It's according to the will of God. He said, you've got to do it according to the holy, acceptable, perfect will of God. But you've got to do your homework. 
But you do it, when you do, you're worshiping God. You're giving a sacrifice acceptable unto God. Number eight, if you can encourage, that was a gift that was given by the laying on of the apostles' hand. But there's a, that's a gift that some people have that others just don't have. And we can develop it. We're learning now that the greatest thing you can do for your child is to encourage them. It's to bring out the best that's in them by, by encouraging them. Not to slap them around because they do things that's wrong and undermine their uh, ability to think positive. Well, that's what this is saying. That we can all develop encouraging people. That word exhort, you could translate it. If you have the gift of encouragement, then use it. Well, every one of us, it's a choice. A lot of these are choices now within ourselves. We have the choice of encouraging. We have the choice of teaching. We have the choice of being a servant. We have the choice of speaking for God and training ourselves. A lot of times we don't choose. You know the reason why? We have been beat down so much in our childhood and in our behavior patterns until we think it's all, we feel guilty if we try to encourage somebody. Because we've been taught just to criticize them. Well, just put them in their place. That'll make a good person. No, it won't either. You encourage them, and you, you, you grow them, and you, you help them to see the best way, the positive. And then uh, on this next one, this characteristic of, of, the, of the worship and the sacrifice that we can give. You know the greatest sacrifice you ever made is it's when you give to God. Now, the reason it is and the greatest thing that you ever did is to give to God because, and I'm talking about money, I'm talking about worship and praise and prayer and singing and in telling God how great he is and how great wonderful Jesus is and how, how, much, how the power of the Holy Spirit is, is, is within us and we thank him for it. But giving a little bit of your of what you have to God is a great sacrifice. Now, David said, I will not sacrifice unto, I will not give unto the Lord a sacrifice that costs me nothing. Now, some people take that and they say, I will not give unto the Lord. And some people take that and they say, I will not give unto the Lord a sacrifice. And then some people say, I will not give unto the Lord a sacrifice that costs me. But when you come to saying, I will not give unto the Lord a sacrifice that costs me nothing, it means you want to give him the best. You want to give him the best that you have. And you know the reason why? Because he teaches us in 2 Corinthians, he said, He that supplies bread for food and seed for sowing is able to supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness that ye might be able to do good works, to bless God. God is the one who can take what we have and just make us rich. Now, if we lose sight of that, 
We lose of offering him sacrifices. It's a sacrifice well-pleasing. It's holy. And when he said, let us do it with simplicity, that word is liberality. In other words, don't be stingy. Now, he that ruleth, he that ruleth, uh, there, we just have a lot of, of, of natural-born rulers, a lot of people that can relate. Uh, and uh, this person that I would have part in his service in the morning, uh, he, he, he was that type of person. I don't think he even knew it. He, he was just so enthusiastic about things until uh, he, just, he was just a natural leader. He, he just got so excited about everything. He just manicured his lawn. And he, he, he kept everything just right. And when he was put in as an elder, he wanted the church to be that. He wanted new carpet. He wanted the building painted. Uh, he wanted everything done, and he, he, he knew how just to uh, exercise people and to get them to do it. And I don't know. How, it was just a natural thing. It just fell in It just fell in place. He was just always looking out to do that. He was just a ruler. Now, the Methodist Church had a, had a program from the government that's been there for many years, and, and, and they gave a senior citizen lunch every, every day. And they could no longer do it. The Methodist Church is just down the street from us, and they were just falling apart. And they wanted some other church to do it. Well, Brother Murphy said, Say, we ought to take that over. People said, We can't do that. We can't do that. Well, he did it. And he took the, up the money the government was putting in, and he worked it. And did you know he recarpeted the building and painted it and bought a van and had people in there? Now, you couldn't give them a track, but you could serve them a lunch, and you could have it out there, and they could pick it up. And they've done that ever since I left there for nearly 15 or 16 years. And it just blessed everybody. And he was just a ruler. Now, most people wouldn't have done it, and he didn't make an issue out of it. And he, in some way, he knew how to keep it down to where it didn't cause division in the church. He's a natural ruler, leader. Now, he that rules, let him do it with that word diligence. Uh, I can't think of a demonstration that he just did it with energy, enthusiasm, and he just was a mentor to everybody else. He, he got everybody else excited about it. And they turned it into a blessing. And they baptized a number of people that come there and they had to be, they could be members of the church uh, when they came there, but, but a lot of them became members of the church because of that. And he did it energetically, and that's a, that's a demonstration. Now, only other is merciful. He that has shows mercy, he's got to do that. And mercy is just going the extra mile. Showing the extra mile. And a person who rules like well, the person I just mentioned, he has to be careful about this mercy. So he has so much energy and enthusiasm in his ruling that he has to be careful. But uh, he, he demonstrated he had mercy too. And uh, I think when you do that, you take part of that. Mercy is going the extra mile and uh, helping people when they can't help themselves. And a lot of times we don't want to do that. We say, well... Uh, that guy got himself in the ditch. He got himself in trouble. Let him get out himself. 
Now, he that shows mercy, a mercy is is uh, is that which God gives us when we don't deserve it. And we can't do it and criticize him about it. That's what children is. If we criticize him, well, uh, uh, he doesn't deserve this. Or no, he don't do it that way. Now, why? Because this is worship to God. It's got to be according to teaching. And then he goes ahead and tells how love is to be demonstrated and kindly affections and, and brotherly love and you got to prefer one another and in business you got to be energetic and enthusiastic not be slowful and look at that 11th verse you're serving the Lord well that started out what we started out with he said I present your body as a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God and when you do that in that 12th verse you're rejoicing and hope that you're all taking part in eternal life. And you just have steadfastness. And when things get to going wrong, now when you do all these things up here, you're going to run into trouble. Because you're going to have somebody that wants to put, uh, that wants to throw a wrench in the wheel. Well, you just keep on doing what you're doing. Because it's sacrifice to God. And it's holy and it's acceptable. And in, in that uh, 12th verse, you just continue in prayer. And we have instant tea, we have instant potatoes, we have instant everything. And, and, and that just means today that you just, you just pray without ceasing. You have a prayer with God. And I've just got to tell you about this fellow that I was reading his life story. And he was a kid. He was, his daddy gave, his, his dad gave him a little piece of land to farm. And he was farming his cotton. And he'd get his money out of his cotton and he had a little bank account and all that. And he told that in his life. One time he was plowing uh, his little piece of cotton and, and he had, I think he made five bells one time out of a little piece that his dad gave. And he said, this old, this old mule, old Mammy, he called him and said, Mammy was eating up his cotton. And said, he just, he was just, you know, hitting her and said, he said, he just prayed to God that, that he, that he would kill that old mule. But he said, he prayed to God that he wouldn't kill her until he got to the end of the road. Because he said, I don't hurt, hurt, hurt my, hurt my cotton. I told his wife yesterday, I said, you know, but Charlie's had faith in God all his life. And I said, that's the kind of faith he had, and you can thank God for that. So here is praying when you're in trouble and when you want him to, when God to, to help you. Uh, and distributing to the necessity of the saints, you're given to hospitality. You bless people who do you wrong, and you don't have the wrong attitude. That's sacrifices unto God. You rejoice that people who rejoice. And you're just able to cry with those who cry. And that's a sacrifice to God. And you just be of the same mind one toward another. And you don't get so high-minded on things that are high, uh, but you just, uh, you just humble yourself. And you don't ever turn uh, evil for good in verse 17. You're always honest, and that's a sacrifice that's acceptable unto God. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's what you're doing when you're presenting your body a living sacrifice. Is it all possible? 
uh, he says, be at peaceful with all mankind. And, uh, and, and number 19, you don't, you don't take a vengeance and say, well, I'll tell you what, I'll put everybody in his place. No, you don't do that. Avenge not yourselves. Yourselves is not the object. Yourselves is in the nominative case. And if I was translating that from the Greek, I'd say, you, subject, are not to avenge. There's your verb, there's your predicate. You are not to avenge. So avenge yourself, you, you may not understand it the way it is there. But rather, you're placed under the wrath of God. You don't take you don't take it into your own hands uh, to set everybody in, in, in line. That's God's. Vengeance is God's. God said he'd take care of it. Now when you decide to do that, you're, you're presenting your body a living sacrifice to God. That's one of the most difficult things you'll ever have to do. Because when we, when we get blessed with doing some of those things and you get so prominent in some of these things, you'll want to take the bull by the horns, as the old saying is, and you'll want to put everybody in his place. Can't do it. Even if your enemy hungers, you just do good. If he thirsts, you just give him something to drink. And that way, you'll settle the deal. You just not overcome it, even if you overcome it. Now, look back at the first uh, the passage. I beg you, as you present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your spiritual, your spiritual, your reasonable service. And you have a picture of that. What a wonderful lesson, and may we apply it. If you're here this evening, you need the prayers of the congregation or you need to confess Christ and be baptized, uh, we're here for you as we stand together and sing.